0: Hello, you're listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast. Whether you're at work, driving in your car, or getting your workout on, we hope and pray that what you hear today will fill your spirit. Come, join us as we walk through God's Word together. The O's of God, His omnipotence, His omniscience, and His omnipresence, and but what all of these should make you do as you hear, as you read further is, you should say, oh, because it is the O's of God. It should bring about an awe where you go, oh, as you recognize this part of how God has revealed himself, how he has demonstrated to our world and this is not was and this was not just for historical effect this is to invoke and this is to get a response from you every day based on how he has revealed himself you respond to people right now in your everyday life based on how they have demonstrated their character to you there are some people that get your smile And there are some people that get your straight face. And there are some people that may, you may not show it, but may get your frown as you come upon them based on who they've demonstrated themselves to be. And as we come more and more into greater knowledge of who God is by how he's revealed himself, not by what we think, Not by what other people say, but by what he has revealed, because we have learned, and if you've been in Bible study, you have seen that God who is knowable, he is only knowable by what he has chosen to reveal. Christ said in Matthew that no one has seen God but his Christ, and it says, and those who Christ has chosen to reveal him. And so it is when through Christ we see who God is, it is so that you and I can respond in a way that shows that we believe it. Or it will show in a way that says we don't believe it. Although we may say we do. So let's pray and then we're going to jump into God's word. Father, thank you again. And just pray right now, Lord, you would calm our hearts, settle our minds, and help us to hear intently and obediently. Open our eyes that we may see what you have revealed, that we may know what you have disclosed, and that we may live in the way that you have ordained. We ask you this in Christ's name, amen. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. We're looking at the O's, God's omnipotence. You should know, and you probably know, many of you, that that word omni, when you see in the scripture, means all, and so the omnis of God. And so when we do these three, um, omni and potent is all-powerful. This whole th- deal of omni, or as we say, omniscience. If you look at that second word, it looks like science. But this is knowledge, that body of knowledge, all knowledge. And then, of course, presence, meaning that whole thing of being in a place, for us being present, being there, omni, all present. And we're gonna look at all three. Is this an exhaustive study? No, that will be during the Bible study time that we'll get more into it. But this is enough for us to be able to respond faithfully and to live well under God's hands. So let's look at it. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. While you're there, I'm going to get our guys in the back ready as well for... um, Daniel chapter 4, verse 35. And then give that one to him. So I know he's Paul's always waiting for my surprises. Can give him a little bit of time that he can find that. Daniel chapter 4, verse 35. But Jeremiah says this. Marie from verse 16. After I had given the deed of purchase to Baruch, the son of Neriah, I prayed to the Lord, prayed to the Lord, saying, Ah, Lord God. It is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And I know many times that we sing that in our songs and that we say that Jeremiah was proclaiming this truth in his prayer. He was saying back to God what is true. And that he says, and I love this for us to remember, that you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. And that phrase, that outstretched arm phrase will always refer to God reaching out with complete authority and power, uninhibited, unobstructed, when you see his outstretched arm. Does God have an arm? See, we say that now when we, we, we are, we're learning, come and study that God is spirit, you know, God's arm. Is it, is it as long as mine? You no, know, that is how we compare how God is and what he does. Anthropomorphism says we give those human characteristics and traits, rather, to God so that we can understand, but they aren't really there. The hand of the Lord, the feet, the, and, and so when it comes to God the Father, when he says this outstretched arm, you are hearing a demonstration of God moving in ways that he chooses. The psalmist says in Psalm 115, God does as he pleases according to his will. There is a teaching that has been out there for a long time. I was a young man. I'm a little older now but I remember hearing this and I thought it was wrong when I heard it and then as I looked it up I said boy that is a straight lie it was a teaching that says God is waiting to do things on earth and needs our permission to allow him to work person forgot about Psalm 115 and God does what he pleases person thought about God does not consult with anyone Person forgot about God does not ask for permission of anyone. His power is uninhibited and it accomplishes his will at all times. See, but some of you will say, but well, what I see out there doesn't look like God is in control. You're looking through the eyes of an infinite man or, I mean, of a finite man or woman. You're not looking through the eyes of an infinite God. See, God said in his word, I am the Lord. This verse comes back to my mind many times as I may become discouraged and seemingly worn out by what I see and what's around me. God made that statement. I am the Lord. I know the end from the beginning. See, for someone today, you got to remember that. See, you don't know whatever's happening right now. You don't know where it's going to end. You don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know what's going to happen. You have an idea. You may act with a level of confidence that you know exactly what's going to happen. You don't. But what the Lord has said is that end that you're concerned about, I knew it from the beginning that place that you're wondering what it's going to be like if things don't turn around or when things turn around, God says, I saw it already. Been there, I know that. As a matter of fact, my will is in effect all the time. And so this whole issue of complete Um, I'm omnipotent, complete and total control over everything at all times. We must remember many times it won't look like it. So let me help for the person that is trusting in God, for the person that is depending on the Lord. Here's what he says. I am in complete and total control over everything at all times. And so you can rest in the fact of you do what you know is right You continue to discipline yourself. You continue to carry yourself in a way that honors God. You continue to prepare yourself. Just because God is all powerful doesn't mean you need to be all lazy. He didn't say he would do for you what he has called you to do. He's empowering you to do it. But let me speak to the person who does not embrace God and who is opposed to him. I'm going to say the same thing. God is incomplete and total control over everything at all time. And just because it looks like you're winning, you are fooling yourself. God's purposes will be accomplished. When he told Moses to tell Pharaoh, please remember this one of the greatest kingdoms at that time in the world, held God's people bondage by God's allowing and doing. He tells Moses to tell him, tell Pharaoh, I raised him up for this very time. Go check it out. God says to Moses, tell Pharaoh, you are only here because I want you here. And for some of us, we have a hard time with that. How can a loving God, okay, when you finish sizing God up with your little brain, um, um, understand that God thinks greater than us. Yes, we would love to know, but the issue is that since I don't understand God doesn't mean he's not right in what he's doing. Here's what it means. I don't understand God. See, we need to get to the point where we need to stop making ourselves on equal level with the knowledge of God. We don't have it. Never will. I know it's hard for some people. No, just accept it. See, but I'm going to combine some of those other things that we talked about in the character of God. God's nature is also, he is also all good, right? And so he is also holy. He is also perfect. And so if that is the case, his power is a power that is not based on evil It is based on perfect goodness. It is based on holiness. And so when he displays his power or when he chooses, I mean, when he chooses to rule over things in the way that he does, stop thinking he's like you and I. We are petty, the best of us. We get in our feelings. We get beside ourselves. We are vengeful. We want to get back at people. God says, I don't operate like that. Every step of God, every action that he does directly and that he allows indirectly is under his complete holiness and his goodness and his perfection. Never forget that. And so when it seems like to you and me, that God is out of control, please know that he is in complete control. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 4, verse 35. And this was Nebuchadnezzar's answer after he was restored from being in the first true beast mode. Some of you didn't know the story of Nebuchadnezzar, you will understand that. When he came back from acting as a beast in the field, you can start at verse 34, I'm not, it says, verse 35, all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand Or say to him, what have you done? Now, it doesn't mean that we don't say it. What he is saying is that you don't say it with any authority or power. See, as parents, you understand that. You understand that when you say to a child, what did you, what have you done? Because you expect an answer back as the authority over them. Or someone in authority over you that comes and says, what have you done? In essence, answer me. And what they're saying here in the scripture, there is no one that has the authority to say that. So when you and I say it before God, we are saying it as one who doesn't have any authority to say that. And we should be afraid. But God in his mercy helps us. He understands us. He knows that we are frail. But I love this. He says, none can stand in this way. Please understand this. God knows even the small details of your life, his complete power. Matthew 6 tells us that, look, the sparrows, he knows, and one doesn't even fall. Aren't you more valuable? And he said he knows the hairs on your head or the stubble that you shaved off this morning. He says every hair, even as it's fallen out, he still has a count. You lost some here. you didn't even know of God. If he were to come down and say, you have, you know, um, 25,365 individual hair strands on your head, you would be surprised. And next year he says, you have 25,006 because you may have lost some. See, the issue is the point of that was like he knows even the minute details of your life. And he knows the minute details of your context and your surrounding. Sinful actions are used for his purposes. And see, that we have to remember God has worked. Using the sinful actions of men and women to accomplish what he wants done doesn't mean it makes their sinful actions right. Please understand that God will judge that those sinful actions. When you look at Egypt and how he dealt with them and the nation of Israel, he said how he caused Egypt to spank and discipline his children And how he caused them to form into what he had wanted them to become. But he judged Egypt. And please understand that if God is using the sin of someone else in your life, that person is not getting away with their sin. But you are not dictating how revenge comes. Go back to Scripture where the Lord says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. I used to think of it, you say to someone, hey, you will be begging for my vengeance when God begins to unleash his. Because I'm nothing. You can stop mine. But when God decides it's coming and it's happening, And there's nothing that can stop it. So here's the result. What's the result? We can trust his power to work his will out for us. We can trust his power to work out his will for us. Notice I didn't say everything's going to be all right. You're going to feel good. It's going to be great. We can trust his power to work out his will for us. No need to worry. Next, oh, we have his omnipotence, and then we have his omniscience, his omniscience. And that is God knows everything in himself, his creation, and in his universe throughout history. Let me say that again. God knows everything in himself, his creation, and in his universe throughout history. There isn't a moment of God not knowing something at any point in time ever. See, God's power is not a blind power. See, we can have power and be as blind as ever and wield it in ways that harm people because we didn't know. I referred to this movie before. I, I People may find it funny, but at, they didn't realize how telling that it was in that movie. Was it Bruce Almighty? When, when, when he decides he wants to pull in the moon closer because he wants to have a greater effect. Well, that was power without knowledge because when you move the moon in closer, you affect high tide. You affect other things in the world and floods started happening and other things were going on. Wow, that's power without knowledge, and for some of us, we act like God is acting with power without knowledge. He knows. He knows. And sometimes we say he knows, but inside we go, does he really? Does he really know where I am? Does he really know? Because what you're really saying is, if he knew, this wouldn't be happening but actually let me let you in on the secret because he knows this is happening. God knows it all in himself. And I love this. See, you and I, there are some things about ourselves that we don't even know until something happens and it comes out and we go, oh, didn't know that about me. Never with God. There are no blind spots in God. There are blind spots in me and you. His knowledge is infinite. Ours has a limit. And remember when we talked about he is unchangeable, that there is never a point in time where it will be where he had to increase or he had to decrease. When that, if if God ever had to love you more, remember that, or love you less, that means he changes, or he's had to gain some knowledge to increase. He's constant. And so here his knowledge is what keeps him constant. Scripture for that, Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. Turn with that me, please. We're coming to the end. Don't 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 get too, don't get too tired. I'm going to start at verse 11 on this. Thank you, Paul. He said he was going to do my verses one before because he knows me. He does. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. You want to see what sort of disobedience he's talking about. When you get home, read the verses prior. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, talking about getting to the bottom of things, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I love that God's knowledge is expressed in his word. And when you and I read his word, what ends up happening, it cuts to the bottom of all the foolishness in our lives and all the smokescreen we like to put up there and all the pretending God's word cuts right through it, even if you don't admit it to anyone, you read it and you realize that he has cut through all of your foolishness and is now down to the bone and marrow. If any of you have ever cut meat and you're trying to get around certain things, when a knife is sharp enough, it will cut through anything. And God says, my word is like that sharp knife and is cutting through every and anything in the way so that you can see what really is. Why? Because his word emanates from him, his knowledge. And so the bottom line is, he knows. What's the result? He is never wrong about anything. Now for you and I, we're sitting here saying, well, how do I know it's God? It's always God. If he is in complete control at all times over everything and nothing happens, even the smallest detail doesn't happen without his knowledge I love that the hair's on your head, then he knows, and he is still in control. He's not given over control. You say, but what I see doesn't look like God's in control. I know, because you don't know everything, because you're not all powerful, because you don't know the end from the beginning. And so please, you and I just rest in the fact that how God has chosen to reveal himself says, I know, and I've got it. You ever had a person come to you and, and want to help you out and you go, I got it, I got it, even if you don't. <laughs> I got it, I got it. Yeah. When God says, I got it, he means it and doesn't need help. Well, I'm going to help God out a little bit. No, you're going to do a Sarah and mess it up. And even in the messing up, God allows it at times. He says, I'm going to let you mess it up for you. It ain't going to mess up my plan. I'm going to let you get some consequences because it's going to cause you to realize that you've not trusted me and because you haven't, here's what's happening. And it is in that love that he is telling us, look at who I am. See, I believe that if we had a person in front of us in real life that demonstrated these characteristics, we to a certain extent because sin we would even challenge them we would be like oh man see that's why we are so amazed with superheroes we are many of us so amazed with superheroes people that can go above humanity and do and help and we go yes the superhero has 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 arrived we get in the scene, and, 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 and the Avengers, or, or, or this group, or Superman, or Superwoman, you know, we, we, we always, inside, there is, that, there is that part of us that says, yes. Why? Because we are craving for the all-powerful and all-knowing God to work in our lives, even when we don't say, even when we don't want him. You and I have been wired to desire God. And when we don't, we look for God in other places and in other people, only to be disappointed on a regular basis. See, you can look to me for help, but please don't look to me to be what only God can be. You can look to your loved one and your friend or your co-worker or your job or whatever you want to put in that place to assist you. And God may use those people and those things to bring about some aid or assistance for you. But please don't think that they can replace God. They are substitutes that will disappoint at every end. So the result... He's never wrong about anything. You can trust him according to his word. And the last one, omnipresence. He is in every place at every time. See, that doesn't make sense to us. I mean, I know by us now TV can put our presence or or media, or electronics, or the digital age can put our presence in every, meaning our image rather, sorry, our image in every every place at any time, someone can be sitting down in the furthest part, the the place that would take the longest to get to right now by plane is Australia, I believe right around, is about 17 hours, and someone sitting in Australia can see my image right now but they don't have my presence. They can see my image, but they don't have my presence. What God is saying is I am in every place at every time. And so the person that's in Australia could be worshiping God, although it's at a totally different time of day. But they could be worshiping God and he hears just as well as you and I hear. At the same time, he doesn't do like the customer service reps. If you're ever on a chat, ever had to have something done online, and you think that you're chatting just with that rep, that rep is chatting with several people. And so while you've written your answer, because this has happened to me, and you're waiting for your answer, you're like, what are they, typing with their toes? Like, come on, man, can you answer my question? Well, it's because they're dealing with someone else and can't deal with you at the same time. They can't do that. That is a great depiction of us that is not God. When you start calling him, he's like, oh, hold, hold on, hold on hold on, hold on a minute, hold on. All right, what were you saying now? That's not the Lord. We all could be sitting in here individually calling on him, and he has, and we have his full attention as if we were the only one speaking to him and then you can be way over God do you hear me do you know that I'm here he was like I knew you were going to be there before you did do I know you're there of course I do I'm there with you that's why Jesus could say that I am going to be with you go why Even to the end of the age, why? It's It's that whole issue of God present everywhere at all times. And we say, God, why do I feel alone? It's just a feeling. It's not that. God, why do I feel like you've walked out on me? I would say first check if, if 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 the actuality, if the reality is that you've walked out on him. First check that. And if you've not, then remind yourself he is never any closer. He can't change. He is never any closer. The scripture for that Psalm 139. The first part speaks about God's God's knowledge. And then as we get into the other part, it speaks about his presence. Didn't have that one marked, so you guys bear with me. The psalmist says, verse 7, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. See, that which is perfect and all-encompassing light will never be overcome by darkness. So wherever he is, there is light, because He is light. And what he's saying to, I love this analogy. He says, by ascend to the heavens, man, I just God's there. We are marveling and sending all these individuals up into space. They got there, and they didn't discover. uh, uh, What they did not discover is that God was already there. He says, if I go to the lowest part in the grave, God is there. If I go to the lowest part of the sea, look at how he is covering every aspect of human existence. If I go, he is there. If I go, he is there. Then he goes into the issues of human existence, light and darkness. He says, if what covers me is darkness fully, if I am totally engulfed, not in just physical darkness, but human darkness, here's what he says. It's not dark to you. Because darkness can never be where you are. And so here's what God says. Yes, you don't understand. Yes, you're unsure. Yes, you're discouraged. He says, but I see you. And not only do I see you, I'm with you. God is really dark sitting right beside you. As a matter of fact, I'm in you. God, I I I just feel like I'm being overwhelmed by darkness. I'm here. I'm right here. See, the issue becomes when we embrace and believe how God has revealed Himself, it will calm our hearts. I'm not saying it will change your situation. It may not. What may be happening to you may be God allowed or God ordained. I know that's messing with some people right now. That's okay. But the God of Scripture says it doesn't matter. When you look at my perfections, my my perfect holiness, my goodness, my all-knowing, my all-powerful, my unchanging nature, and now my presence everywhere at every time, he says that should cause you to chill and go, God, I'm going to trust you. Okay, you got this. And thus, I'm going to keep living according to your word. For many of us, the reason we choose to live outside and apart from God's word is because we don't believe what he said about who he is, or we just don't want it. I don't want it, God. I want what I want. God says, and then you're going to get what you get. And we'll realize I'm right. And so what's the result to the third one? He never leaves us alone and sees all things in our lives and this world. God's omnipresence. He never leaves us alone and sees all things in our lives and this world. There's not a moment that he's caught off guard he's got you. If you are outside of God, he's calling you. If you are inside of God, he has you. And he calls you to a greater intimacy with him. You say, God, I want you to be more intimate with me. He can't. I'm going to change and be more intimate with you. No, 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 no. You need to be more intimate with him. God has made it possible. He says, all the intimacy you can have with me is available right now. The only problem is you, what you allow, what you come into. You think about a relationship. How is it intimacy with other people? It is based on the desire of either party for closeness, God has never changed his desire for closeness with you and I. Our desire for closeness with him changes all the time. And so when we finally get from being all over the place and we want to be intimate, God's there. So this morning, let it encourage you. Let the O's of God cause you to say, oh. and begin or continue a transformation in your life. That will be amazing. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. You've been listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast, and we trust that you've been blessed. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at solidword.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next week.